Welcome to Two Rivers Leadership Podcast, a conversation about leading as a team because a great team is always better than great talent. Hey everybody, welcome to the Two Rivers Leadership Podcast. So glad that you're tuning in. My name is Will Hampton. I'm the lead pastor at Two Rivers Church. This podcast is all about leading as a team. So what we are doing is we're walking through seven leadership characteristics, the cultural aspects of how we function together as a team at Two Rivers Church. This is our fifth cultural trait. It is entitled Leaders Create Unity. Leaders Create Unity. We understand as a leadership team that our tongues have the power to destroy the team or bring life to the team and hold it together. So every single person on the team has to get into a place where we learn how to control our tongues. That's a really difficult thing. James 3 talks about how the tongue is such a small part of the body, but just like the rudder on a ship is a small part of the ship, it controls the direction of where that ship goes. And I really believe that in a church culture, that how we talk and how we allow people around us to talk will determine whether or not we have any momentum to go forward. I think that one of the things that will destroy a church faster than you can believe is critical people that are allowed to walk around and be critical without having a response. So every leader, it is your responsibility, it is my responsibility to address criticisms in a healthy, life-giving manner. This is how we create unity. When people have criticisms, what they're doing, most of it is born from a lack of understanding of the vision of where we're going or a lack of trust in the leadership for who the leader is and their ability to lead us to the right destination. So the church that I used to serve at back in Springfield, Missouri, this was a huge, huge problem. Our pastor had an amazing vision, had an amazing dream. If you read the vision statement of Life 360 Church, every time I saw somebody read it, it would light them up. They would just have this compelling picture of what the future was going to look like But there was something that was a little bit insidious in that culture of the church that people began to criticize the lead pastor. They began to criticize the motivations behind the vision. They began to criticize and they would go to other pastoral staff members and they would say to the pastoral staff member, "Um, you know, pastor really is about his own thing. And, and I can't get on board with all of the changes. And, and they, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why people don't want to change, why people want things to stay the same. And even if they like the vision, maybe they just don't like the, the uncomfortableness of what it takes to get to that new destination. And so I watched as leaders would just listen to these critiques and then not address them and not paint a new picture for what the future should look like for that particular person. And I think the only way that the church 
that I was a part of was going to be able to get to our vision destination was that every leader on the team spoke with one voice. So what it looks like when somebody comes to complain, they say, well, you know, Pastor Will, he's got us out working and pushing the carts and and I don't like it that there's, you know, I can't just recruit people any way I want to or whatever. Just there's a million things we can complain about. I don't need to give you extra things to complain about. What what happens is when we hear that, we need to respond with the why behind the what. We need to respond with the why behind the what. So when somebody says, why are we pushing these carts or... Uh, or they said, look, I don't like pushing these carts. It's a waste of time or whatever the critique along those lines is. We would say, you know, the reason why we push these carts is that we are going to build an environment that is attractive for people to come into. And somebody has to be able to create an environment that is welcoming and warm. And we need to be able to do that. We can't just walk into the room the way that it is. We're going to have to transform that room and create it to be something that is more. And when we do that, we're going to reach more people for Jesus. We care more about souls than we care about our comfort. So saying things like that in response to not just listening to the criticism, but correcting the criticism in a life-giving manner so people can understand what the vision is, why we do what we do, every leader has to do that. We cannot sit back and allow a critical attitude to develop at Two Rivers Church. Another way that we can respond to criticism, oftentimes we can discover if a critical statement is born from a healthy place or an unhealthy place by simply saying, "You, the change begins with you. Change begins with you. So if you see a problem, what are you doing to correct it or to address it? If you're not willing to lead the change, if you're not willing to be the person who is going to make the fix, then it's probably not worth you complaining about that thing. So if you think we should have a homeless ministry, lead the homeless ministry. What are you doing to bring about homeless ministry here in Binghamton? And that's if you are really interested in homeless ministry and you think that that's something that Two Rivers should be doing, I believe that God has a person that's raised up for that. It's you. Go for it. So this is where we have to be as leaders, people that are consistently creating unity. Without unity, we'll never make it to our destination. Without unity, we can't be a team. Teamwork makes the dream work. If we're going to lead as a team, it is absolutely necessary that leaders create that unity. It is an inherent function of people that everyone wants to go in every which direction. It is the function of the leader to take everyone and bring them together and say, we're going to go in this direction, not in that direction and not in that direction. We're going in one direction. There will always be people that will challenge that direction. And then it is our job when they challenge the direction to give them the why behind the what, to speak well of each other, 
We have to destroy any gossip. If there's any gossip in a church, it takes away any amount of trust. So what gossip looks like, in, and this is rampant in church cultures, and I believe it is a sin, and I believe it is something that we will be held accountable for. If we're talking about other leaders, we're talking about other team members, we're talking about people in the church, and we aren't part of the problem or the solution, then we shouldn't be talking about it. That's all there is to that. There's, there is, if it's just a, well, did you know? And you get that little salacious bit of information as though it's passing along information for other people to be aware of. That is a huge, huge problem in the church. In, in gossip, in fact, I, I believe it's a form of divisiveness. The Bible says that when we have divisive, a divisive person is to be warned twice and then they'll be kicked out of the church. That's what the Bible says about divisiveness. Divisiveness is when somebody is trying to create division. It's the opposite of unity. It's when people are leading in the wrong direction. This is a big issue. This is the difference between Absalom and David. It's the difference between the people who challenged Moses and, uh, what is it, the sons of Korah, where God said, oh, Moses is saying, hey, God appointed me to lead. And they, they came along and said, no, we think we can lead. We can hear from God just like you. And then Moses said, okay, we're going to find out today who, who God's appointed to lead. And the sons of Korah, were the crown opened up. Eight, and it swallowed them whole, it swallowed their families whole, swall swallowed their possessions whole. God's not playing around when it comes to divisiveness. When somebody's trying to lead in a different direction, when they're not following the leader, then it absolutely destroys a church. So we have to always publicly defend our vision. And the key word here is publicly defend. We'll always publicly defend our team. We always publicly defend each other. And we can disagree in private. We can talk about how, hey, what, if, what, if, what do you think about that? What do you think about this? And then own it. And, but when we come back out into a public setting, we have one voice. We have one direction. And, and we create unity. The, you can ruin someone's reputation forever with one public comment. Just one thing, it'll track them. And I, I just believe that this in this city, there is a spirit of slander that is absolutely bandied about. It's what's dividing one church from another church. You see online all of the time. So I believe it that if you're going to be here, we always honor area pastors. It's not just unity within two rivers, but this is unity with the body of believers, that we speak well of other pastors in the area. We speak well of other pastors. I don't care if it's a pastor of a church of three. That's a man of God. And there, that man or woman is trying to diligently follow the Lord, has probably sacrificed. You don't know the road that they've gone to. And so if, if we just dismiss somebody out of hand and, oh, they're no good, they're not from, they don't have the lights, they don't have the cameras, they don't have blah, 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 whatever, all of the things that, whatever, 
whatever it might be that makes you think you're awesome and they're not, uh, we got to get our minds around that Jesus died for them. And when we get to heaven, you may be surprised at who's ahead of the line. The person who was willing to sacrifice and serve in obscurity may be the one who God gives the most place of honor in the highest position when we get to heaven. In fact, and that's, it's not a maybe. We know that's the case. And so we're going to honor all the people around us. We're going to honor Pastor Will. You're going to honor me. We're going to honor the pastor. You're going to speak well of your pastor. How crazy is it that we're at a church and that people would speak poorly of their own pastor? We win together and we lose together. You're destroying your own team. You're working against the very thing that you're trying to create when you dishonor your lead pastor. And I think it's not only just that, but there is a huge, (laughs) go read the word, about what it is to honor the authority around us. God's into honor. The currency of the kingdom is honor. We honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. Another way to create unity is that we would speak positive things before we ever speak a criticism or a critique. At least seven positives need to go in before one negative comes out. We're not going to identify problems if we're not willing to fix them. We're going to value people over the process. And what, what I mean by that is that people are the heart of Two Rivers Church. And because we value people, we value the process, but we're not going to run over people. That's how we create unity. We love each other well. So you got to love the people that you have, not the ones that you wish you had. You love Two Rivers. You love everybody. We're going to love the person off the street that walks in the door who can't tithe $1, can't give $1, can't serve on a team that you you can discern, like you look at them and you don't think you see any potential whatsoever. Let me remind you that God created them. They have creative impulses, and they may someday be somebody who's going to absolutely turn the world upside down. But if you look at them and prejudge them and say, look, they're not going to be worth anything, and then the next guy walks in the door who's a millionaire, and we're kowtowing to the millionaire and not to the person that can't afford to sit in the seat something's not right unity is this in jesus christ there's neither jew nor gentile neither slave nor free neither male nor female there's all equality at the foot of the cross so it it comes down to that leaders create unity not just in how we talk to each other, how we talk about other people, how we reinforce the vision. But creating unity is all the way down to how we value individuals, whether you're black or white, whether you're an illegal alien or a legal alien, whether you're a a guy or a girl. I want to see and I dream about a culture where we have a life-giving environment where we are disciplined in the way that we talk, in the ways that we function. And so leaders have to absolutely be, be on point in this because if we get out of, out of line at all, where we're criticizing, where we're creating tiered systems of who's valuable, who's not valuable, it will destroy the church. And it's not the church that I want to be a part of. And I, as we lead this thing together, 
we will create a church that is unified. And a church that's unified is a church that's powerful. It's a church that can get done what we need to get done. And so leaders, one of the primary functions of what we do is to create unity. God bless you. Look forward to leading together with you as a team because great teams are always better than great talent. Hey, Sue, I'm so glad that you tuned in and listened to this podcast. If you have any questions or any comments, I would love to hear from you and get any feedback that you might have or, or uh, comments that you might add to this discussion, you could email pastor at tworiversassembly.com. That's T-W-O, riversassembly.com. And, and just share with me what your thoughts are, maybe something that I talked about that you, you might be confused by or something that you want some clarification, or maybe you, you want to challenge some of the ideas that we've presented and I'd love to be able to kind of sit down with you and talk through those things and, and hear what this impact is making in your life. God bless you. Have a great week.